Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all that long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song. Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. I'm afraid Dale's been gender reassigned this afternoon. We don't have Dale, we have Andy. What are you doing here? You didn't Um, didn't know you have to speak, did you? No. This is a program where we expect you occasionally to say something, Andy. I'll do my best. Yeah, well, you know, your job is very simple. Your job is to protect the guests from unwarranted slurs. Okay. So if I get if I go over the line, I'll let you know. You just whack, come around and whack me across the head. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think That's I've the way heard it works. Dale do that. Before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dale's done that before, so we feel all right. Now, our poor guest Annette Kelly must be wondering where she is. Now, usually we have a different person who does all the technical stuff and asks the equational question, but obviously mm-hmm. Dale's indisposed today. Okay. And we've got Andy. I don't know how he'll cope. Oh, he's I, young. What do you reckon, I think he's Annette? just gorgeous. Oh, you just think he's just gorgeous. <laughs> I'll take that. That's oh, okay. He'll cope. You call him gorgeous. His name's not George. Okay. It's yeah. gorgeous Andy. Doesn't Andy, kind of rhyme, yes, you know. I'll, I'll how about the apple of your eye, I'll Andy? I'll try and remember that, Andy. Yeah, yes, Andy. That's, that's okay. I will do that. Now, Annette, Annette, this is a great, great, great radio station, but this is the best program on you know, on 3CR, you know why? No. Because it's just you and me, no ads, no community announcements, no music, and we've got to fill 55 minutes. What do you reckon? Oh, well, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> and we only ask two questions. Okay. Did yes. you know that? Yes. Oh, you ask away. Yeah. Yes, well, yes. The first question, just to orientate our listeners, what year were you born? In 1940. Uh, would you like to repeat that? In 1940. 1940. 
40. 40. Now, my arithmetic is very bad. That makes that me 76. 76. Yes. Yep. 76. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You're one of the youngsters we've had here. We've had people in their 90s in this studio. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah so you've yeah. got another 40 or 15 years to go in it. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> now, Annette, and, and that, that's your first question. That only took 10 seconds. The second question takes 55 minutes and 46 seconds to answer. Mm. Okay. So, so you ready? Yep. All right. What's the earliest thing you remember? Well, um, I've got a good memory of mm-hmm. two things that yes, I remember. Yes, tell us about them. Um, now, when a baby is a baby, they mm. aren't aware of themselves, mm-hmm. right? And the way that a psychologist finds out when a baby is aware of itself is to put a red dot on the baby's nose and show the baby a mirror. Mm-hmm. And if the baby touches its nose, it's aware of itself. And if it touches the mirror, it's not. Mm-hmm. Now... I obviously was not aware of myself until one day when I, with my mum, Mm -hmm. I walked up to our front gates, which weren't very high, and I was looking up at them, and I suddenly had this sensation that there was a barrier in front of me, and suddenly I was flooded with this sense of myself. I was a person in the world, separate from everybody else, and it was so frightening that I could remember clearly, and I don't remember walking up to the gate, but I mm. remember this, and I ran screaming back to my mother, who must have, to the day she died, wondering what on earth was the matter with me. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was the first one. And, and the, the second one? And the second one, my mum's older sister lived in the city. She lived at number nine Queen Street. Mm-hmm. which was the Felton Bequest building. Very she, nice building, the, yes, very nice. And, yes, and she was the caretaker mm-hmm. there. And um, she was staying at our house in Northbourne, and, of course, we had a bath, and mm-hmm. in Nine Queen Street they didn't have a bath. Mm-hmm. So uh, my Auntie Tilly, whom I loved dearly, was having a bath, and Mum was standing at the end of the bath chatting to her sister, mm-hmm. and I suddenly had this impulse that... You know, people washed other people's backs, you Mm -hmm. know, and I was going to wash my Auntie Tilly's back. Now, I was right down at my mother's knees, that's Mm -hmm. how small I was, and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and my mother was a a little lady, you Mm -hmm. know, a little fine boned lady, and she sort of buckled (laughs) and (laughs) I grabbed the face washer and started washing my aunt's back. And that's that's another memory. So I must have been very small when that yeah. happened as well. Yeah, oh, they're lovely memories, aren't they? Oh, but that that aunt only well, she died. Must have died when I was three or four. Mm. But I still have you know marvelous memories of her and the the love I felt for her. Right. Was, yeah, and at 70, 70, over seventy years later, you've still got the same. Oh well, I was memories. talking to one of my cousins who's mm. about eight years older than me, mm-hmm. and she said. Oh, I love Tilly too, and her eyes filled with tears. tears right. And I had lovely stories about Auntie Tilly. Mm-hmm. My, my, can I tell you this one? Yeah, yes. sure. You, it's your it's your hour. Oh, you're right. You can yes, tell okay. what you like. Well, my my cousin um, Pat Patty, mm-hmm. we called her. Mm-hmm. She was a, a, a child, mm-hmm. and she went with Tilly on a train to. Oh, they went to Harrietville, but I think the train might have just gone to Bright. Right. But anyway, <laughs> um, at the at Flinders Street Railway Station, um, my aunt was buying all sorts of things. You yep. know, she yep. had all, you know, mm. and Patty was saying, "What do you, you know? What's what are you buying all these things for?" Until he said, "Now you'll find out eventually." 
And so they hopped onto the train together mm. and um, as they reached the countryside, people apparently would come to you – know, this is – we um, presuming this is the late 30s, yes. people would come – to the side of the, you know, when the train slowed down, maybe, yeah. and they would call out, papers, papers, backy, backy, oh, tobacco. Right. Yeah. And of course, people in the trains would throw these things out. Right. And so then Patty became aware that this stuff was to throw out, you right. know, that Tilly had bought. Uh-huh. But uh, Tilly said, no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. You just wait. And so, you know, people threw everything out and mm. then. When the last thing was thrown out, then it was Patty's turn. And so it was so that the people at the end of the line would get something. Right. You know, and I thought that was so this incredible. So de- this was a depression thing, was it? Oh, I'd say so. Yeah, yes, over the end of the, you yeah. know, well, the depression was what the early 30s, wasn't yes, it? But, yes, yes. I mean, I think it was a pretty bad time, really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, that if you were born in 1940 and she was eight years Younger, it'd be about the mid thirties. Yeah. yeah, that's what uh, eight I think years is. older in the mid thirties. Yeah. Yes, I think it was. So it was a way of people who could travel actually paying, giving back to their their fellow country people. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I don't think they were wealthy people. No, no. but that side of my yeah. family were definitely yeah. activists. Well, you wouldn't see it today, would you? You know, you get people coming up to you asking for a, sh- a shilling or, or yeah, ten cents, you tell them to piss off. Oh, I give them. Some money. No, I know you do. <laughs> you do I know you do. You do but yeah, a lot but, of people just yes, kind of shake their heads and. Well, sometimes you haven't got any money no, because all no, we've got are no. our cards and. But everything. I'm just saying this was, this was this was this is quite an amazing story. I've never heard yeah. this. The fact that people who are travelling by train, you know, yeah. just ordinary people, yes, would have mm. would buy all this stuff and then they'd throw it out for nothing. To, to well, I think that they can... would just have it, you know, yeah, because yeah. you'd buy a paper because yeah, you're going to be yeah, on a train and it's yeah. pretty boring and yeah, you know and you'd have stuff. I suppose I I don't really know but the fact that my aunt you know yeah. maybe other people did it too i don't right. know right were you born in melbourne or i was born in um coburg, coburg. in the sacred heart hospital uh-huh. in the middle of a freezing cold um climate you in know wartime. thing yeah. yeah it was yeah it was 15 degrees the day i was born, born. Yeah, right. apparently what month October. October. We won't give you a day just in case we've got people who want to steal your identity out there, you know. <laughs> and at and at Kelly, a very no, common name. It's Cully, by the Cully. way. Cully. C U double L E Y. Cully's not my my main no, name no. was Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, yes. I like Donovan better. Yes, I, I do too. Yes. Well, we'll, call, we'll call you on Ed Donovan. But the Cullys apparently. Now let's were, let's go back. Let's yes, go back. Uh, let's go back. Yes. What was your mother's name? Uh, Kathleen Donnelly. And, and Dad. Uh, Frank Donovan. Right. Yeah. And uh, where did they come from? Were they born in Australia? Uh, yes. Dad was born in Ballarat. He was born on the goldfields, I think. Right. Um, he was born at a place called Ellendale. Yes, which, I know Ellendale. But yes. it doesn't exist anymore. No. no, no. It, but mm. it was a gold... Uh, yeah. yeah. And Mum... I don't know. They no. lived in Richmond. They, they lived li- in Richmond. They lived in Richmond. My... Mm. my Grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was a very much of an activist, mm-hmm. and she married the son of a convict, actually. Right. So my great-grandfather was actually a convict. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure people think that's a bit strange. But Stain. 
stain on your character. <laughs> That's what it was like in the fifties and sixties, and now it's royalty. Oh, it's, yes. Well, N- now you're Australian royalty. Yeah, you think you think it's wonderful. Yes, yeah, yes it's amazing yes. how things change because people they used do. to hide all that. Well, they did. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I was ashamed of it. Though, but we knew, it. we always knew mm. that there was a convict in in the family, and mm. he, that he came from Ireland. He came from Sligo. Mm. He was accused of was stealing turnips, mm. and I think he would might have been in a syndicate that stole turnips. Right. Because when I looked in the Sligo records, yes. his name was bracketed with about six other people, uh, and with with ditto ditto yes. just for some stealing people, turnips. Yeah, some people steal cows. Your ancestors sold turnips and they got transported. No, he didn't get transported for that. He got transported for trying to break out of Sligo Jail. And that's why he was transported. Although we're laughing, although we're laughing, I mean, these were tough times in Ireland when people were starving to death. Oh, yes. They were starving to death, and you can understand why. If you want to steal a turnip, you'd have to be pretty hungry. You you know know the suburb of Tullamarine? Yeah. You know who that's named after? No. That's named after an Aboriginal resistance uh, fighter yeah, right. in the 1840s, mm. and his crime was stealing potatoes. Oh. See? So you've got a lot that's, in common there. Oh, that's just un, that's um, horrible, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah. Yes. But, but we, we laugh at these things, but we don't actually think of the social, the background at that particular time. The people were starving and they mm. needed food. Exactly. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, he mm. went to Tasmania, mm. um, and uh, he... Worked there as a boatman. He'd, mm. he'd obviously had some connection with the sea, right? Because um, he had something called a foul anchor tattooed on his arm, uh, which was apparently fat. a sign that you're a, a seaman. Plus, right. he had his his um, initial on his finger okay. M for yeah. Martin. Yeah. Uh, but he couldn't read or write, no. and he, he married a free Irish woman, mm-hmm. and he had one. Ch- oh, I think they had a baby that died actually, and then my grandfather. And then he actually died, and she remarried into a lovely Melbourne family called the Healy's. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they were, I've met Healy's. They were very nice people. Did you know Evelyn Healy? I don't know. Not sure. No, I don't no, know. No. There might be a lot of Healy's around. Well, there I'm are not a lot of Healy's. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. some of them played football here. So Did that's... A, yeah. 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 And the reason I asked is that the... Uh, the guest speaker at the uh, Reclaim, the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebration we're having this year in Ballarat on the 3rd of December... It's Dr. Anne Sunter Beggs, and she's uh, talking about Evelyn Healy, an unknown Eureka, you know, uh, an unknown Eureka supporter in oh, the fifties. Right. So maybe yes. maybe it's the same. Well, maybe they the were Ballarat, yeah, yeah, Ballarat, so Ballarat area. Been, yeah, yes, may yes. have been the same crew. Yes. Well, we'll find well, out on the first. Well, my father's family yeah. were involved mm. in some way or yeah. another. The Costellos and the Donovans yeah. were involved yeah. with, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but we don't know much about it, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, why? Why? So, did you grow up in Richmond? No, I grew up in North Baldwin. Yeah, in North Baldwin. But so they did, were did Brunswick. You... The Donovans were Brunswick people, right. and the the Donnellys were Richmond people. Oh, and my... never twain shall meet. Well, my it? grandfather, though Ned Donnelly, yeah. he was involved with the unions very, yes. very um, strongly yep. involved with with the unions, and I think my grandmother, um, well. Another little story. Mm. My mother was um, a little girl, and she was skipping in Queen Street, right. and uh, as you would, as you would, yes, yes. in those <laughs> days, girl, yeah. yes. And while her mum cleaned Nine Queen Street, yeah. and um, a, a lady came up to her and said, "What's your name, little girl?" And my mother said, "My name is Kathleen Donnelly, and my mother is a life governess of the Austin Hospital." <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
Oh dear. Um, but yeah, so they were. She was very involved with. So did your you mother know, know Mrs. Austin? Did she? No, no. The Austins. The, the Austin Hospital yes. was apparently founded by women. Yes, no, it was founded by, by Mrs. Austin. She gave the land. Well, it's a woman. Yeah, yeah a yes, woman. But yeah. They were, other yeah. women were involved, yeah. obviously. Because it was set up as the hospital for the incurables. Oh, was it? Oh, I yes. didn't know that. No. Yeah, yes. and she donated the yeah. land in the 18... I think it was the 1890s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it yeah. became the hospital for the incurables. Everybody yes. who had... Because there were yeah. a lot of people with incurable diseases. Oh, well, yes, so. it's really and bad. And so they're all yes, basically yes. shunted to the Austin yeah, right. uh, up yeah. to about the 50s, late 50s, mm. early 60s, when yeah. then it became a, a yeah. general hospital. So there is something in the title that, one, they can't, the government can't sell the land, and two, that the name Austin is to be attached to that oh, land. Oh, yes, so that's okay. What it's well, they were so the fact that she was a life governess is quite interesting. Your mother was a life well, governess. Well, I don't know anything about it, though. I mean, because that, that, that's, that's a very, very um, yeah, so important position but in she... the community. Because she wasn't, they weren't wealthy people. No, you didn't have to be wealthy. No, no. no. Did you have any disabled people in the family, maybe that's how she got involved with the Austin? No, I don't think so. I Mm. think she, well, somebody told me that she delivered babies, laid out bodies and arranged wedding feasts. And Mm. that was a family very connected with cleanliness. Right. So, you see, that was very important if you touched you know, bodies, yep. and then you delivered babies. You yep. had to be very clean, clean. or the yep. mother would die of childbed fever. That's right. And that was, yeah. you know, so that side of the family. You don't hear yes. that word these days, childbed fever, do you? No, but when I was at university, yeah. <laughs> I was doing history and philosophy of science, and yeah. I, I just didn't know. I had to... I, just had three children yes, and I'd had yeah. tr- dramas after the last one, you yeah, know, methodic yeah, collapse yeah, and, you know, yeah. funny things happen. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what to write about. You know, I was in a, a terminal state of indecision about everything. And right. um, Ding Dyson, who was the person who was in chart, was the reader in the mm-hmm. history of philosophy, mm-hmm. suggested that I look at um, a person called Philip Ignaz Semmelweis. And he uh, 1864. Yeah, okay, yeah. Dr. Semmelweis. Weiss. Yeah, fascinating. Changed, he changed 1,900 years of medical practice because Galen, yep. Galen, yeah, he, uh, he was a Roman, a very important Roman physician. Oh, yes, right. Noticed that wounds healed when they pussed, when there oh, was pus. Right. Oh, yes, so right. what happened on all the battlefields for the next 1,900 years in the Western world is you would rub dirt and faeces into open wounds in order to get pus because that was a sign of healing. It was felt. Now, Dr. Semmelweis, who was part of the Prussian Mm. Empire, Mm -hmm. he turned that idea on its head in 1964 because the city, I'm not sure what town they were in. He was Hungarian, wasn't he? Hungarian, Hungarian? I think so. But they were, they actually, the council had set up this brand new hospital for women Mm. to deliver. Oh, yes, right. This is the new new thing. But all the working women refused to go there because the mortality rate in the hospital Mm. was greater than the mortality rate from home births. That's right, yes. And they were dying of fevers. They were dying, as you said, you know, the childbirth fevers. You know, they were dying. And Semmelweis worked out at Mm. this time, this is when microscopes were being invented, that there there were bacteria 
Yeah, right. Yep. And that it was the bacteria that was causing the fever. Mm, and he mm. was the first one who recommended that people wash their hands. Hands, that's right. Yes, yes. So, so did you do a thesis on Semmelweis? But he did, oh, mm. look, it was undergraduate stuff, you know. Oh, right, right. But he, I think the problem was that he only spoke his own native language. Yes. He was finding it very difficult to communicate yeah. with, uh, you know, Prussia, other people. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think he had a difficult... I, I can't remember all the details now, but he had a difficult time and well, I think was... eventually he actually caught that himself, yeah, that disease, yeah, and died yeah, yeah, died of it. Yeah. So it was his life was a bit of a tragedy, I think. Well, it was, but he was the father of modern medicine. But he was a father, yes. He changed, yeah, changed, changed 1,900 years of, of people going the, down the wrong path. Yes, Semmelweis, right. and he's, he's, he's remembered because uh, he's that's very right. important in my medical training, Dr. Semmelweis. He yes, was, uh, all right, yes. He was, yes. He was uh, oh, look, yes. I'm sorry for... Well, no, that's all right, you no, know, no, But no, I thought you raised him and you well, did some work right. on him. Well, that's all right, yeah, that's yeah, fine, yes. yes. Now, going back to your yeah. life, yeah. where did you go to primary school? I went to St. Bede's in Northbourne. Aha, what was that like? Well, well, it was in an old, well, not old, but it was in a little church building, and so... When they weren't saying mass, we had yep. school all the week, yep, and yep. there was two classrooms. Two classrooms. Two classrooms. <laughs> one, <laughs> one was prep grade one and grade two, and right. I think, mm. and then three and four. Right. You know, and three yes. and four was taken by a very elderly nun, an Irish woman called Mother Melkus, mm. and I don't think she managed to teach us much, but. The, the one before, you know, the, the prep grade one, yeah. Yeah. Um, the classroom was um, the, taken by a young nun, mm-hmm. Sister St. Stephen, and she became a, a, a family friend and my mm. mother, you know, wherever she, she went, she went off to Western Australia, I think, and might have become head of the order, I can't oh, remember, right. but mum used to write constantly letters mm. to her. Mm. Um, and uh, she was wonderful. She let us do things you know she whenever anyone came to the door for example Mm. um she'd be involved in a conversation obviously and Mm. we knew that there was a cupboard full of tapestry covered cushions Uh and out came those cushions and they were thrown around the room with great vigor and we became wonderful readers of body language and we'd watch her Mm. and we'd you know, as her conversation came to an end, yes. back would go all the questions <laughs> into the cupboard. She yeah. never said a thing. What was, yes. was it a mixed school or a girls' school? It was boys and girls. Yeah, yes, I right. went to school, you wouldn't believe, with the Santa Marias. Right. I, remember, oh, I would believe that. I remember Bob yeah. Santa Maria yeah. very well. He was the most yeah. self-effacing little man. Yes. You know, yeah. he wasn't... A, no, no, as you would happens. imagine him, you know. No, but that's what happens in life. People go in different directions. That's the whole purpose <laughs> this of this program. Yeah. So yes, yeah. by the time you finished primary school, did you think you had any special gifts or interests? Uh, well, we, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. I read five books a week. A week? Yes. In yeah. primary school? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. A Prim- week? Well, we didn't learn to read quite yeah, they really early, the did we? They should have closed the library, shouldn't they? Well, they had a little li- <laughs> we had, they had a little library in yeah. North Bourbon, and mm. it was run by two English women, mm. a mother and a daughter, the right. Smiths, right. and they were very encouraging of us read, you know, and you know read a bit 
something a bit better, you know, because you know how we had Ian and yeah. Blyton and, yeah, you know, yeah, Biggles yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Fabulous five, yeah. I, I read a lot and my mm. mother would let me read anything. She let mm. me read a, a book called The Well of Loneliness. The Well of Loneliness, loneliness in primary. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't primary then. Uh-huh. I think I was probably a bit older by then. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know... She never said, oh, you can't. No. I didn't realise it was about yeah. lesbians anyway. I didn't right. know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, was, yes. <laughs> it all went over my head yeah, and mum yeah. probably thought it would anyway. Yeah. And she was not, she wasn't narrow-minded, my mother. Right, she was, how about dad? Was he, was he, did he take, did you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, a brother and a sister, did, yes. Did your dad take much interest in what was happening in the house or he left that to mum? How do you mean? Well, did he take part? Oh, Dad, yes, yeah. yes, yes. He was an SP bookmaker. Oh, that's good. A larger-than-life character. Yeah. He didn't use his kids as cockatoos, did he? Oh, well, at one stage we used to have to sit out the front and <laughs> yeah. walk out for the cops. Yes, yeah, you we were did. cockatoos. Yes, we, did. Yeah. Yes. we did, that is quite true. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I don't think Andy knows what a cockatoo is. You know what a cockatoo is, Andy? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, your father's an SP bus- bookmaker too. Yeah. Um, are we talking about the bird or? <laughs> Are we talking about the bird? No, I no. Think no. Uh, um, it's oh, dear, right. that's really funny. Because nobody would know what a cockatoo is. So he had, Dad had lots of time. Yeah. He was the one who got us off to school. Yeah. Brushed yeah. our hair. Oh, it was made our plaits. Yeah, lots of time. Put, yeah, some, yeah. put, put ribbons in our hair. Yeah, made yeah. our school yeah, lunches. Yeah. Yes. Oh, obviously, um, he was involved. Oh, very. Yes, he, yeah. he, he was. Yes. You I wouldn't think there'd be an SB bookie in uh, Baldwin, would you? There was more than one. More than one? Well, there was one in whose name, I'm sorry, I can't remember, but my sister was on the tram. And right. He, this bookmaker whom she knew, because mm. my sister knew everybody and everything, right. younger sister, yeah. she, he was hopping off the tram and he'd left this huge roll of money right, right. on the seat. Yeah, yes. And my sister raced after him and tapped him Tim on the says, shoulder. Says, do you want this? <laughs> <laughs> so there was obviously more than one. Yes, I think yeah, I think yeah, there, yeah. I think there was. So, so yes. your dad, did your mother work or was she at home? Oh, she stayed at home. Yes. So he made a good living. Well, some I think it's precarious. <laughs> precarious. It was it was precarious. See, dad was in his fifties when he got married. He was yeah. a returned soldier from the First World War, right? And he'd worked in logging camps and yes, you know yes. all those. Yep. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, th- I think it was variable. See, as you get older and you're an SP bookmaker, it's more nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> well, because people place bets with you and you've got to cover that. That's you right. Know? That's and right. so you, you you lay off, yeah. you know, these bets if they're yeah. too big, you know, That's with right. other you know, bigger bookmakers. That's right. And I think as time went by, that was what was happening. Uh-huh. And, and we did – we were pretty, you know, poor. Right. But then my dad had this history from his own family. His father was a mine manager in Ballarat. And right. he died and left – his nine children, mm-hmm. and so of course they all had to go to work. My father worked at a boot factory when he was thirteen. Mm-hmm. There's a famous photograph; it's in the, um, you know, National Library yep. of you know these these men, you know, mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. my dad, a little thirteen year old, oh, sitting right in the middle of the front. That's <laughs> a bootmaker, yeah, honourable yeah. profession, honourable profession, bootmaker. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Do you know um, where he fought in the First World War? Oh, they were in France. In yeah, France. He, was, they he started off in Egypt. They right. all seemed to go to Egypt they for did. some reason for to training train, or for something. Training, yeah. And then off they went to France. Yeah, and yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Did he say much about it or did he just keep oh, it to himself? 
He used to tell us funny stories. Oh, right. oh, I right. think that was all his way of coping with, yeah. with it. Mm. Yeah, but mm. his brother mm. followed him to the um, mm. First World War and he was a younger brother and that was really bad for him because he came back very badly affected, affected. By, yeah. by the war. His dad, dad had been in locking camps and he'd been, you know... Um, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. That's just that's, a bomb. It's okay. It's a, that's all right. <laughs> it's go, I'll, I'll defuse it. Yes, I'm not worried about bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, he was not so vulnerable. Yes, but I think yeah. the younger the younger ones, I think it was... Yeah. I mean, I think war was a dreadful thing. Oh, it is. You know, it's just ridiculous yeah. when you think about it. Right. You know? So where did you go to high school? Oh, I went to Vaucluse Convent. Right. Which was run by the nuns, if... Faithful Companions of Jesus, FCJs, that uh-huh. run ran Genizano. Right. I think there's still some left. Where, where was this? Where was this? What suburb? In oh, in Richmond. In yes. Richmond? It, it oh, was in Richmond, How did you yes. get there from Bourne to Richmond every day? Oh, God, on the tram. Get it was, on the quite, tram. It was yeah. quite simple, you know, the 48 yeah. tram, you know, yeah. trundles down yeah. Yeah. Bridge Road and right. whatever, yeah. So when did you finish high school? Where? No, when? when? Oh, when? 50... Oh. 1957. 57. So what are the options for a young woman in 1957 who's finished year 12? Teaching, um, nursing, um, librarianship, mm-hmm. um, or oh, medicine if you were, you know, mm-hmm. that clever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I ended up um, working in the State Library. Right. And uh, I was there for about five years. That was... You know, that was good. I mean, there were lots of young people there in those days. It was. Um, so, what, what did you do at the library? What did I do there? Mm. Um, well, uh, we put a lot of books away. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, um, Fair enough. I, I worked in the country library, which was fascinating where, because. Where was that? That was in the State Library. In the State, state Library. Oh, they had a country library. Yeah, down in a sort of a add on yeah. building, oh, you know. Right. You, so know where Mr. Called... you know where Mr. Tulk's Cafe is? Yeah. Well, that's where I worked physically. That there. was in that space, so yes. What, what was the country library? Well, the country library was set up for um, books, sending books to people who lived oh, in the right. country. Yep, and yep. Mitcham was the country in those days. <laughs> Ringwood was the country. The country. Right. <laughs> All sorts of. <laughs> Lilydale would have been the outer. Yes, would probably. Been, would have been a foreign city. But yeah. then there, would have, there were people, you know, right out. Yeah. Yeah. This was because there was no municipal libraries. And right. um, eventually the municipal, that was a big movement to mm. get municipal libraries yeah. Um, yeah. going. So that, that was good. And then there was actually another library there, which was mm. called the Travelling Library. Mm. And that pre- provided books for prisons and for those Dan ships, you know, the... Kistadan and the, the they were the ships that went to the yes, Antarctic yes, and yeah, yes, and provisioned yeah. the you know yeah. Australian and so you're doing for people. All that. Yeah, did all that. So I didn't work there, but I worked in the country so, library. So, that so, was, so what um, made you leave the library in the early twenties? Um, well, your biggest aim in life <laughs> in the lending library was to be on the inquiry desk. This was your, you know this was the ultimate. The ultimate. So right. this was the ultimate. Well, you know I I, I did you know achieve that and then um what happened one of my friends left um answering a mysterious advertisement Mm. in the paper saying librarians wanted please contact dr warren well the mysterious dr warren as it turned out was dave warren the inventor of the 
box flight flight recorder, right? And the li- the library that he was looking for librarians for was, of course, aeronautical research <laughs> lab yeah. library, and. Yeah. I just thought this sounded like rather more fun than <laughs> the inquiry desk. Than the inquiry. Oh well, I liked. I, I loved the inquiry desk. The inquiry yeah. desk was, in those days, it was a closed catalogue yeah, yeah, because people yeah. had to come and they had to yeah. ask you. You yeah. couldn't go and look. And of course, there was, there was a card catalogue. You know mm. what I mean. Mm. And uh, one day, I discovered a small child who pulled out the, the drawer right. and had the drawer on his head. And the ca- catalogue? Uh, well, they no, because mm. it, it, he had to lift it up to get <laughs> it out, you know. So right. it was quite safe, but I was a bit worried about him nevertheless, and I rushed over and I said, oh, darling, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for snuggle pot and cuddle pie. <laughs> and one of my friends now just recently yeah. told me that she thought it was one of the Crean children. She right. said that Frank Crean used to bring his children in right. them. Right. It might have been even Simon Crean. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. But he had the right drawer. He had the, right he had the SN drawer. Yes. <laughs> right down on the bottom, right yeah. or left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, was, it had its gorgeous moments. Right. And another time a man came in and asked me um, about for a bird book, a particular Mm. bird book. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find it in the catalogue. And he stood his ground. He said, no, it's got to be here. It must be here somewhere. And I said, well, it's not in the catalogue. But I said, we have got an old catalogue out in the back room, which I had nothing to do with, but apparently it did turn out that people were going through those records and adding them gradually, but they hadn't done it all, you know what I mean, like like all those jobs that went on forever. All handwritten in beautiful copper plate, all these. So I went out, fell over a few, you know, all the broken chairs and things that used to be in that room, and there I found the card for the book. And it was in the storeroom, wow. which was yeah, Palmer Hall was the store where the where you put your cloak, you know, coats yeah, and things. Yeah, there yeah, it was yeah. the yeah the storeroom, and uh, I came back holding this filthy, dirty leather bound volume, yes. like because it was you know, mm. and he was doing a dance. A dance. The, yes, he was. <laughs> Because he could that. see his book oh, coming, right. yeah. So yeah. it had its gorgeous moments. Yes. It was, Look, it's uh, yeah. 4.34. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We are interviewing Madame Annette Cully Donovan. <laughs> I've got it right. <laughs> Donovan Cully or whatever you whatever, like. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. So you said you had three children. When did all that happen? Sorry? You said you had three children. What oh, did that happen? What, after the, no. the black box? Or? Oh, no. Well, I, um, I worked there for a few years and met somebody there that, yeah, um, I married and I had three children, yeah. But in the meantime, I worked at... Um, I left ARL. Mm. Oh, look, things went pretty uh, a bit, you know. There were problems there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And uh, eventually, (laughs) you know, the whole library staff resigned in, you know, gradually. Yeah, en masse. Um, And uh, I got a job with the SEC's research laboratory, which had just been formed, the Herman Research Laboratory in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And that was great, you know, because there were men there, who couldn't get security clearances because they were they were from you know European countries and mm. nobody you know yep. basically you know they couldn't prove who they you well, know yep. that they were safe people to work for defence yeah. and places yeah. like that so they went to places like yeah um, so there were two Hungarians there were a couple of Russians um, 
that was very that was interesting. Yeah, mm. I like I like that. Um, mm. Yeah, and then I left when I had a baby, so mm. that was that was mm. the end. That place is only just closed. It's only closed down recently. Right. That it became privatised, and then I don't know what happened. But right. so um, so what happened when you had children? Did you withdraw from the workforce or? Uh, Oh, for a while, yes, for, for quite a, a while. What's quite a while? Oh, probably when Justin was at school, I did mm. because I remember I had I worked in high school libraries. I, I just filled in, right? Um, when librarians were away, that was I loved that. It was yeah. that was I like I liked the teenagers. They mm. were they were really good, and I think that tapped into um, things that we had going on in Heathmont. A group mm. of us got together and um, we weren't happy with the way our children were being taught. Or not the teaching so much, but, right. the, you know, the, you know the, the things that went on in schools weren't all that crash hot in those days. And right. um, we, be, we became interested in radical school reform. When was this? Uh, this would be... Uh, I'm just trying to think. The 1970s. 70s, yeah. 70s. Yes. Because um, things were a little bit ablaze in those days, in the early 70s, late 60s. In yeah, the, that's the, right. Yes. Well, there was this ra- yeah. There was radical school reform. Do you yes. know about yes. that? In yep. Yeah, yep. and Herbert, yep. Herbert Cole wrote 36 Children. Have mm-hmm. you read that? No, I haven't read that one. Fantastic no. book. Mm. Yeah, he... He, he's. Uh, you can go into you know on the internet mm. and you mm. can. So what did you do? You this group of people do in Heathmont. You said you. Well, we decided that there was something wrong with the way teachers communicated, basically, and we became interested in um, Thomas Gordon's parent effectiveness training mm-hmm. and teacher effectiveness training. Pet and Tet, they were called, cool. and right. yeah. So we worked. We did a lot of you know work on that sort of thing and talking about how to communicate, you know, mm. reflective listening and, mm. you know, all that sort of thing. Do, do, do your children thank you for that or do they just look at you in a funny way? Um, <laughs> uh, I think they looked at me in a funny no, Well, not, not – no, I, I think – um, well, my daughter thought it was hilarious because she she came to one session of – oh, I don't know what it was about, but right. we were, you know, going yeah. somewhere to learn something. And yeah. she was under the chair laughing her head off. And I said, <laughs> How old was she? Oh, <laughs> she was in primary school. Oh, right. I, um, she said – I said, oh, well, you're wondering what that was all about. And she said, yeah, it sure sounded like um, – Looking after pe- or looking after people, or you know, helping people, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she got yeah. the idea of what it was, well, what yeah. it was about. But yeah. it, it was quite. See, in those days, we didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was quite a powerful tool. That yes. that listening. One of my children was going to walk home with a mate, mm-hmm. and the mate stood him up. There was only little primary school. Yes. yes. And uh, I eventually drove to the school to find him, and he was in a furious mood. You know, he was kicking the seat of the car. And, and I said, you sure felt bad when Matthew stood you up. And he said, can I have an ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was so beautiful. You know? <laughs> so, you know, and then, of course, we... Practiced on each other's children, children yeah. <laughs> and we re- report back, you know, how yeah. we'd got on when we babysat yeah. and things yeah. like that. And then we took ourselves off to the um, 
uh, education department psych branch mm. just to check up that what we were doing was, you know, sort of kosher. All right. Yeah, that you, were, you weren't abusing they your were own amazed kids. At you weren't it. abusing your own kids. No, well, they were amazed at what we were doing. They thought we were, you know what I mean? Yeah. They thought we were, we were pretty wonderful. Right. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. You said you went to university. When did that happen? Oh, I've, I've went to university a lot. But, a um, lot? <laughs> well, I don't know. What, as a permanent protest? Yes, it was a sort of, yes, it was an endless process, yeah. <laughs> well, it was expected in our family. Right. Uh, my sister went to teacher's college. She right. yeah, um, became an infant mistress. Right. <laughs> um, and, yes, I, I just started, I did a library training course, right. really. I did that first. And then I went, yeah, I did history and philosophy of science. I did mm. fine arts, which was fascinating, and earth science with, with Derek Mulvaney. When was that? that? Oh, well, he was only there for a couple of years. So yeah. that was... What, the early 80s? Oh, I can't, I honestly can't, can't remember, remember, you know. I was, right. yeah. I was there backwards and forwards. What and was he like as a teacher? Go, oh, fabulous. Yes, right. a very lively little man. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I used to see him at mass, actually. <laughs> so you, st- you still continued your religious. You still went to mass, did you? Oh, we All did in those. Yeah, well, that's you know, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we won't right. go there. I don't think we won't go there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when, when did that? When did that finish? Oh, I think when my marriage broke up, actually. And what year was that? Oh, 1980. Wait, and the kids were what? Still relatively young when the marriage yeah, broke up? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, well, they were. Yeah. So you were the primary caregiver then, were you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And how hard was it then? Oh, difficult, yes, yes, very difficult. Well, I I don't know. I think I was a dependent sort of person. Mm -hmm. I'd come from a family where my dad told us what to do, basically. You know, he'd say to my sister, who was the most reliable, Mm. um, Kami, Cambria, her name is, Mm. Kami, get your pencil, and and he'd write down, you know, things Mm. we had to do. Mm. Yeah. And so I just thought, you know, when I got married, that I'd be told what to do. I think. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the children are difficult and money's a problem, and um, but I think you know we had a house and over our head and we owned it and we were paying it off and mm-hmm. you know and we, it was an amicable breakup, Cap, but right. yeah, you know, right. um, so. Yeah, yes. Uh, that's when I did work in high school libraries. I also right. did market research, but I was pretty hopeless at that. You know. Well, I'd, you're telling people the answers. Well, I'd ask. <laughs> well, I, I'd ask people, did they know what osteoporosis was? And they'd say no. So I told them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were supposed no, to do that. No, no, not in market research. Not yeah. in market research. No. So that. So. Uh, so that's that was that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, How old were you when your responsibilities for the children kind of? Dissipated. Oh well, I suppose when they left home. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. It just gradually happened. It just I think gradually, it, happened. I just gradually, it it gradually happened. Right. And um, yeah, what's, what's no, I don't worry. Look, I look at the watch. That's oh, my you watch? Job. Yeah, because do, watch you, do you want to talk about this? Well, no. uh, hang on, hang on. No, that's all right. On, okay, yeah. Hang on. So this is what happens, Andy. Put on your microphone. This is what happens. I'll tell you what happens. You get guests come in and they think they're running the show. <laughs> they've got they've got a point. They don't understand that we get to the point. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we still have nineteen minutes. Oh, that's, and that's that's a lot of time. Yes, that's Donovan Cully. We still yes. have nineteen minutes. minutes. So relax. We're not interested in you. Yes. Obviously, we're interested in what you're doing. But yeah. the last few years of your life isn't your life, is it? Well, or is it? I must say. 
that in 19, about 1975, I innocently visited the Ringwood Library yes. and I picked up a book. What was it called? And it was called The People of the Valley. The People of, of the, the Valley. Of the Valley, and yes. it was written by a woman called Wynne Sargent. Mm-hmm. And she was a self-styled photojournalist. She mm-hmm. came from America. Yep. She was mixed up with some... Old church, and I can't remember now what. Right. what yep. It doesn't matter anyway, no. but you know. Yep. Um, and she had already lived with the da- Dyaks in Kalimantan, mm-hmm. Borneo, yep. and she'd set up a fund for, you know, mm-hmm. looking after those people. And then Sahato asked her, would she go to West Papua? Mm-hmm. Um, to see what was going on there. And I don't know. So that's strange to me because they, the Indonesians were the ones causing the trouble there. Mm, <laughs> he mm. asked her anyway. So you saw this book. What was, what, what was, what was pivotal about this book in your life? Well, it just struck a chord with me. For Why some, it struck a chord? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. these are people you, know, you wouldn't have even heard about. Well, I hadn't even heard of them. No, no. no. Ah. Well, there was something about her, I think. Mm. You know, she's had a... Um, a translator with her, mm-hmm. an Indonesian girl called Jam. Mm-hmm. And, so we're talking uh, about West Papua, obviously, yeah, the yes. people of the valley. Yeah. The, the, yes, and yeah. she went into the Baliam Valley, mm-hmm. the, the two of them, mm-hmm. uh, and they lived with various groups of people. And, I mean, they were not a united group of no, people. No. And she discovered what was happening to them with the Indonesian, um, you know, police and whatever yeah, that yeah. was brutal, you mm-hmm. know, and, and horrible. And of course, she had to sort of advocate for them then, and that Looks caused, okay. yeah, mm. that that. Um, yeah, but go, going back to this, what we'd call a pivotal experience in your life, yeah. kind of life changing. Did you act on this in '75? We just thought no, this is a nice book because there was nothing to act on. That's right. But yeah. I never stopped telling people about it. The story, you know, right, right, right from the beginning. Right. You know, I'd say, you know, have you heard a place called West Papua? And they'd mm. they'd say, no, where's that? You know, yeah, well, I'm so still saying, no, where's that? that. So. <laughs> So this became an important part of your life then, or was it just a book oh, you read? No, it was just something there in the back mm, of my mind right. the whole time. I mean, elephants were there too because I became obsessed with elephants, elephants and right, read right. some great books about, you know, um, elephants. That's the trouble being a librarian, isn't it? You kind well, of I think read the books. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be reading the books. It gives you strange ideas. You know, well, they but, do, don't they? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. There's something about books very dangerous. <laughs> they are dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous, yeah. yeah so, Guttenberg should have been And my sister and brother-in-law... My sister and brother, sorry, um, were very involved with, um, in you know, American Indian Mm -hmm. um, culture. And my brother, Frank Donovan, started um, working out how to make an Indian teepee, Mm -hmm. like properly, you know, with all the proper dimensions because Mm -hmm. they're not round like they look, but they're elliptical. And so, you know, they're elliptical at the back. It's strange, isn't it? It it really is strange because a lot of people in that period looked at Indian culture and we kind of forgot that we had the world oldest living culture Culture under our own feet. It's quite extraordinary. It is, isn't it? Because when I started this Tanaminoa and Morbohina saga about 12 years ago, you know, even now you talk to people, they can tell you about Sitting Bull and uh, the Comanches and the Apaches, and you ask yes. them to name one Australian Indigenous just... resistance fighter, and they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. They no, wouldn't know. No, it's no, because of all no. that television. Well, do you know what I think it was? Yeah. It was before television, mm. and I think my father loved Zane Grey and he loved all those books about, you know, oh, American. Right. Yep. So I don't know where my. I, 
have an no, no, it wasn't, wasn't just your brother, it was everybody. It was, it was, it was, it, was it? Yes. Yeah, yes. All oh, the kids, all the kids. We'd all play cowboys and Indians. Oh, yes, yes. Shoot oh, each did, other yes, with yes. arrows. Oh, Remember yeah. I shot my sister in the eye once, you know. <laughs> she wasn't very happy about it. Oh, I could have just imagined <laughs> she that. She was about six, I think. I bet your parents weren't very happy either. No, luckily, luckily, it was only the uh, white of the eye, the conjunctivus. There was no well, permanent was good, damage, yes. although she still reminds me when she sees me. That, yes, I can imagine that she would, yes. But my brother took it to extremes. Yeah, he was shooting you too. he worked at the RMIT library uh-huh. and even though he didn't have a library qualification I think he was very bright actually uh, and he uh, ended up in charge for a while of book purchasing so apparently the RMIT library has this wonderful collection of books about American and Indians, Indians. <laughs> <laughs> my brother wonders whether they're still there I don't so what did, we've done the eighties. What did you do in the nineties? Is this when you're free of the kids? Oh, I went back then? to no, I went back to university in the nineties right. because yeah. I hadn't finished that degree, and right. they said I'd have to do it all over again. And I, I just thought of trying to get to Melbourne mm. University yeah. from Heathmont. You know, yeah, it was yeah. a bit hard, and I didn't. I thought, oh no, I won't do that. And then I saw this course advertised health health promotion, and mm-hmm. it was just a new new course. And uh, so I'd already done that some of that stuff with Denise, you know, Ding Dyson, yeah, 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 yeah. in in um, mm-hmm. yeah, history and philosophy of science. So it was a, a sort of, a, in fact, Laurie and Ledger, I think that was his name. Yes, he oh. he um, he'd already done that history mm-hmm. and philosophy of science too with Dyson. Mm-hmm. And so our first year was a repeat so, of. So, yes, so you did that, and then you went to work in that field. Nineteen ninety five. Oh, that was. No, in 1992, I was asked, a friend rang me up and said, oh, look, um, I've got a library job going, but it's mm. only uh, four hours a week and we mm. can't be bothered advertising and right. going through like all that stuff. It? Would you like, like to, to do, do it? it? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have got a job otherwise, I don't uh, think, because yeah. um, I wasn't computer literate. Yeah. So I said, okay, yes, and mm. that was at, I worked at Caritas Christie Hospice mm. Mm. and ran the medical library there for 20 years. 20 years? 20 years, What, yep. four hours a week? Oh, no, it no. increased in time, yes, you know. Yes. Tell us about the hospital. Oh, well, it was going through a change, in fact, from being a place where people sort of who looked like they were going to die, you mm. know, were there for months on end sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, look, I don't know because I'm not a doctor. No, you know, I, I, no but I mean... Uh, I mean yes. What what does the hospital do? A lot of people wouldn't know what it does. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's um it offers palliative care to mm-hmm. people now. Now it's moved from being a place where you know somebody just goes to die, it's to where you know your symptoms are relieved and hopefully you can be sent go home oh, and yes. um yeah. So it, it's 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 basically it's, it's become it's, much more scientific in yeah, fact. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it's more of a a facility for people who can't, who don't have private health insurance, basically, isn't it? Oh, no. Both, no, is people, look, lots of famous people die there, actually. Mm. Oh, because, famous people. Oh, they, oh, they well, did too. Yes. And ordinary people. Well, yeah, you know, if you're going to die, you know where to go, <laughs> Luke. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now yeah. going back, going back, uh, so when did this uh, this West Papuan adventure, when did you reconnect? Well, 
um, when the East Timor thing happened in 1999 and mm. um, I went to a mass at St Patrick's Cathedral, I think Louise had something to do with organising that, actually, wow. and so did one of the nuns from Caritas, actually. Right. Yes. Um, and that was so spectacular. It was really, you know, they blew the, the horn, yeah. turned yeah. the lights out. You know, yeah. it was all... Yeah. Yeah. It was... And sang Solidarity Forever, right. which, yes. <laughs> yeah. which was great. And... Um, I just thought, well, I, I don't understand West Papua. I don't I know what's going on there. Yeah. So I'll find out about East Timor. Mm-hmm. So now I have piles and piles of books everywhere so about East long, Timor. So how long did this love affair for East Timor last? Well, f- from 1999 until... Um, f- oh, yeah, but, but this was always the first thing, you see. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, this, this was what inspired Why, me but, to find out yeah. about East Timor. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have. I don't know whether I would have done that if you hadn't read the. If ba- I hadn't read the people of the valley, valley you see, yeah. and I thought, well, if I if I know what the indi- yes. well, the first book I read, of course, was you know Michelle Turner's Telling mm. East Timor. Have you yeah. read that book? Yes. It's, yes. Now going back, yes. going back to East Timor now. When yeah. did when did you kind of fade away from that? Uh, well, when it started to look like you know, th- I got involved with the Alola Foundation, yes. and. You know, I gave them some money yes. every now and then yes. and worked yes. on stalls and I was yes. hopeless at that anyway. I was right, giving people right. the wrong change and stuff right. like that. Right, so, 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 when, so when did you... I could see that I was no, a bit superfluous. <laughs> you know, there wasn't there wasn't a, a, a place, do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, and so then, when, did you, when did you then um, get involved with the West Papua Independence Movement? In 1990... Hang on. No, sorry. 2009, 2009, March 2009, and it was a, a day where it was Saturday and it mm. teemed with rain. And mm. then I went in, I'd heard on the grapevine that something was happening in the city, but I yep. didn't know what the something was, was and the right. something turned out to be... So you're the type of person in it that will go to something happening in the city? Well, I, I, I didn't know what it was, you see. So I knew you it was to... about West Papua. I knew it was about West Papua, Papua. Right. Yes, I did. Right. So and it turned out to be um, Adolf... Mora and uh-huh. um, Ricky Rumbiak yep. um, handing out very badly rodeoed le- little leaflet things yes, about yes. West Papua. So yeah. I said, oh, look, I know about this and give yeah. me some and I'll hand them out too. Right. So I did that and that, that's where it started. Right. Yes, because and I had no connection, you see, with any, right. any West Papuan. So what was it like uh, in the early stages with the West Papua? Well, we spent a lot of time shouting Murdica outside the Indonesian consulate. Right. And I don't know what that did, but it was it was great and, you know, there was lots of singing and... Mm-hmm. Shouting Murdica and um, mm-hmm. Herman Wongai, he, he shouting out a lot of stuff that I, yeah. I couldn't understand. But, right. um to the you know out right. to the consulate. I don't know what notice they took of all that, but um, oh, they always take notice. They yeah, I'm sure they notice. did. Yeah. Yes, I think I think they did. That went on for a long time, and then um, one night I went to a film night, I think, and it was mm-hmm. at Kindness House, mm-hmm. and there was a. A lovely-looking woman with long red hair, mm. and she was doing coffee. Mm. And I just watched her, and she was so professional, and she was mm. so dedicated. And right. I thought, oh, I would love to meet this person, but oh, she wouldn't want to be. She wouldn't be interested in right. me, you know. Right. And then on the first of December, yes, um, two thousand and eleven, mm-hmm. we were somehow together at the Eight Hour Monument, yes. and yes. that was, you know. For the West Papuans. For the West Papuans. And there was a lot of people there. There was, you know, that was a a bit of a big thing. And um, So what are you doing now? 
Well, with the West Papua Independence movement. Well, what I've do you written doing? that book. And well, I, I don't think anybody can see it. Sorry? I don't think anybody can see the book. How do you mean? Well, we're talking about it. We can't. They, oh, they can't see the book. I'm no, so, they can't see the book. Uh, and it's, they're funny people. They're like, oh, they, I'm sorry. They don't yes, have X ray vision. <laughs> we only have X ray vision. It's the okay. people in here that are. It's so, what's West the book? West Papua Decolonisation, Boundaries and Self Determination. So. When did you write that? Uh, of. Over the last two years, right, 2014, right. 15, right, right. yeah. Um, well, somebody asked me, Louise actually asked yeah. me, did I, or Jacob wanted yeah. to know, did I know anything about boundaries? And I mm. said, no, not a thing. Right. I'll look it up on Wikipedia. And uh, so oh. I just, well, Louise wanted me to concentrate on fisheries. And, and the, they're people and involved the, with the West Papuan uh, office. Yes, that's they, right. Louise yes, and, and, sorry. And, yeah. and um, mm. so... I got a bit tired of, you know, the Torres Strait and fisheries and, mm, you know, things mm. like that because I think that's always as background like as anthropology type yep, of thing. Yep, yep. And uh, I started to say, well, hang on, what mm. actually happened? What does international law say about all this, mm. you know? Mm. And uh, then I, I I knew that the Indonesians claimed something called uti posidatus, which was mm. a, um, mm. you know, a Latin word that... Uh, arose oh, like in the Roman era, going yes, back a long, long yes. time ago. And it was when somebody owned a house and went on holidays and somebody else took the house over, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was sort of like a kerfuffle in the, the actual owner of the house came back. So Eutiposidatus yeah. was some, something, an interdict that said... Um, both parties have to stay where they are. You know, the person, one person has to stay in the house, the other person mm. has to stay outside the house and don't hopefully don't fight with each other, yeah. right? Um, and then the, 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 mm. the, the magistrate mm. sorted the case sort of out, out later. Yeah. Yeah. later. Now, yeah. there are a few things coming up. What's coming up in the next few days, in the next few weeks? Well... Um, I think you'll have to tell me about that because I'm, I'll not, have to tell. I'm not terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. look, uh, look, I yeah. think the main thing, yes, look, well, there's the flag raising on the 1st of December, yeah, right. which is okay. uh, the West Papua Day. Mm-hmm. And then some of the West Papua people come and join us at the Eureka celebrations in Ballarat from 4am mm-hmm. to 10pm. That's on uh, Saturday the 3rd of December. Yeah, right. And there's the Sampari Art Exhibition, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, will be on soon at the ACU Art Gallery at 26 mm. Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. And there's a big debate, they tell me, oh, on yes, Thursday, on the, 8th of, the 8th of December. The 8th of December, yes. Between yes, yes and no, mm. by the Monash Association of Debaters, which is MAD, and the Melbourne University Debating Society, MUDS. Should West Papua be independent? And Monash said yes, and Melbourne says no. So that should mm. be a good night. Mm. There's all these cartoonists who have uh, donated their cartoons to be shown at the Sampari Art exhibition at the ACU Art Gallery, 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy, from Friday the 2nd of December 2016 to Sunday the 11th. And then there's the West Papuan Rent Collective Christmas Do, which is on Sunday the 11th Uh of December at the ACU Art Gallery. So if you're a member of the West Papuan Rent Collective, you'll get an invitation. If not, turn up on the day, 1pm. Will we be seeing you there? Uh, well, possibly, yes. Possibly, I've got, I've, I've got to work out. You know, there's a, quite a lot of things going on there. And well, I, look, you're, mm, look, you're I've 76. To, you'd have a lot of time up your sleeve, wouldn't you? Mm, yes, but I've got a disease. You know, I've got Hashimoto's thyroiditis, oh, and it's, it's, it's horrible. Yes, it is horrible. Hashimoto's it's, thyroiditis. Yes, it's, it's, it yes. how do it you is. know about it? Well, I'm, I'm, look, you may find this hard to believe, but I've been a doctor for 40 years. So oh, sorry, that, that's why. Yes, no, it's all right. That's why I knew about poor old. 
Dr. Semmelweis. Yes, now, oh, right, yes, yes I, I did wonder about that too. Well, Annette yeah. Kelly. Because thank- most people haven't heard of... No, Dr. no, well, they should. Yes. Thank you, Annette Kelly Donovan. Thank you for coming in to uh, 3CR on Radical Australia. It was a pleasure talking to you and hopefully you've got another... 16 to 20 years ahead of you being active. Forget about the Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Keep it under control. Keep working. You'll be great. You are great. Not will be. You are a a wonderful, wonderful example to younger Australians. And thank you very much for making the time to come and see us. That was a pleasure. Yes. All the best. Thank you very much, Andy. Yes, Andy was wonderful too. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Cheers. Are we off air? Get rich, that's how it goes.